Hello and welcome to the Earthed Podcast. This podcast is all about holistic health and well-being. We will be talking all things mind, body and spirit, along with anything in between that feels aligned to the improvement of ourselves or our environment. I am your host, Emily Shine, kinesiologist, spiritual development mentor and intuitive. This podcast is meant to educate, inspire and empower you to live your life to the fullest. I am so excited to have you here. Now let's get to today's show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Earthed Podcast. On today's episode, we get to interview Jasmine Moore. She calls herself a non-diet dietitian, which is a term I am absolutely in love with. We get to explore a new concept, which is really, really interesting and totally up my alley, which is called intuitive eating. It's a way of being able to strip back the poor relationship that we as women especially have built up around foods being good for us and bad for us. Instead, we get to tune back into our body, listen to what it needs, and feed ourselves accordingly. After speaking with Jasmine today, I felt like the shackles were being released from my ankles when it comes to the constant struggle of what we can and can't eat. We also get to touch base a little bit about what we can do to become more mindful about what we're eating during isolation. If you, like many of us, have been struggling with boredom eating or stress eating, Jasmine has a few tips on how we can become more mindful and tune back in with our bodies so that we don't get consumed by the fridge, or rather we consume the fridge ourselves. (laughs) Jasmine has a well of knowledge and today's podcast will not disappoint. I'm so excited to be sharing it with you and I hope that you enjoy it. Hello, Jasmine, and welcome to the Earth Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, Emily. I'm so excited to be here. Jasmine explains herself as a non-diet dietitian. I absolutely love that terminology. It's the first time I've heard anyone say that, and I think that's so fantastic, and we're going to speak a little bit about that today. But before we get started, I wanted to ask you the question that we ask at the start of every podcast, and that is, Jasmine, what lights you up? I love this question. I love starting with this question too. And the first thing that comes to mind is just so many things. I feel like I'm just somebody that really just is so in awe of life and just nature and just human beings and human potential. And it it really is just like the universe. It's just my muse. Honestly, I just feel, I feel like that's what lights me up every day. And just seeing how the light hits the trees, seeing how the vibrancy and the colors around us, I just think we're so blessed to just have this opportunity to be on this planet and just to experience what it means to be a human. And yeah, I think that in itself really lights me up, but to bring it a bit more specific to what we've been going to be talking about today my really big area of interest is intuitive eating. And as a non-diet dietitian, it's really helping people to ditch that dieting mentality, healing their relationship with food, body and self so they can really shine in their businesses. So I work with female coaches and entrepreneurs, but also just in general, just shining in everyday life. So they're able to be at peace with themselves, feel more aligned and empowered and confident in who they are as a female and really just take on life. And I think once you're able to do that and you're able to take away that noise of what it means to 
or what we feel like it means to be a woman in this society. And we need to be, you know, we need to be thin. We need to be always watching our weights. We need to always be watching what we're eating. There's so many rules and restrictions that really just prevent us from just shining and just being unapologetically ourselves. So I think doing what I do, honestly, just really lights me up because the transformations are just, you know, it's not just a weight loss transformation. Like, yeah, that can happen, but you know, that's not what we focus on. It's really just the whole transformation from that inner person and connecting with their higher self. And I think that's what ultimately just lights me up with what I do. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely love that. Um, the struggle really is real. I think oh, around yeah. women, I think oh, we yeah. just spend, I think we all sort of spend our lifetimes or the better part of our lives, just scrutinizing ourselves oh, and never be satisfied with what we've got in our lives in general. And, you know, I think every woman can relate to that feeling of being able to look back on photographs of themselves, yes. you know, two, three, five mm-hmm. years ago going, Oh my God, I looked so perfect. But then also knowing that at that time, they were still not happy with themselves. They were still scrutinizing. So it's just this, you know, constantly chasing this perfected vision of ourselves that never really comes true. So, you know, you're, you sound like you're really working towards trying to squash that within us so that we can fully find acceptance within ourselves. Am I right in saying that? Oh, 100%. Like you said, particularly in the area of female entrepreneurs, where there's a lot of connotations around, okay, thinness means power. It means success. It means attractive. It means confidence. And like you said, we get so caught up sometimes obsessing and stressing about the number on the scale, about our body weight, size, and shape that we forget that those things actually don't determine our worth. And that there is so much more to even just eating healthily than you know, looking at foods as if they're good and bad or as if they're unhealthy and unhealthy, sorry, healthy and unhealthy, and that we're a good or bad person for choosing to act on certain food choices and behaviors or not. And it's just, you know, this is the world that we live in, unfortunately. The culture that we live in is so driven by this dieting industry, which of course is just profiting off our insecurities and vulnerabilities that we don't even see or question it. It's literally just woven into the fabrics of everyday life, both directly and indirectly that we don't even, yeah, we don't even question it. And it's sad. So I really want to be able to help women to particularly break that cycle and break that cycle of dieting just so they really do feel clear and at peace and accepting with who they are, wherever they are in their journey. Absolutely. I, I love that. You know, it's like this perception needs to shift from yes. food being a pleasure into food being, you know, a fuel, but that doesn't mean that our fuel can't be pleasurable either. Oh, so, exactly. You know. Exactly. And it all comes back to just satisfaction and what feels good to you. And, you know, a lot of time people will be like, okay, well, if I eat what feels good to me, does that, does that not just mean I'm just going to eat all the quote unquote bad foods and just everything in sight and gain all this weight and be unhealthy. And it's like, well, actually when you can tune back into your intuitive eating, your intuition, tune back into your body's biological cues to tell you what, when, how much to eat, you find that you don't have those kind of insatiable cravings and feel like you don't have that control and trust around yourself and your body around food anymore. It just, it just, yeah, melts away. So yeah, it 100% is still about pleasure and still about satisfaction, but on a deeper level than what we think it is at the moment. I really find that concept so amazing and I want to delve deeper into that. That was actually one of the questions I had planned to ask you was how do we um, distinguish between what's our intuitive, you know, intuitive eating um, perspective. So what's our intuition telling us to eat and what we're actually just craving? Because I, I really love this concept of just being able to free ourselves from, you know, the, the shackles, if you will, of, yes. you know, you can only eat at this time and you can only eat this amount of calories or this amount of portion mm-hmm. size and just going, you know what, just eat what you want when you want. I love that concept. But as a woman who's always struggled with weight fluctuation, 
I worry that if I let myself do that, that I'm just going to eat the entire fridge yeah. because <laughs> I would. So, yeah. so tell, tell me how that works a little bit better. Tell me, tell me, first of all, what the concept of intuitive eating actually means yeah. and how do we distinguish between what's our intuition and what our brain is just going to eat all of the cookies? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I can totally understand where you're coming from. And there's so much I could talk about here. And I think the best thing to recognize is that like, it always comes back to the mindset. It comes back to our relationship with our food, body and self, which has been a lot of the time forced upon us by the world that we live in, which like I said, is very diet culture orientated because that's how it makes money off us. So we, we've been told and we've been sold the lie that we can't trust ourselves. We've been told that if we let ourselves go and just, you know, don't have that kind of control that we will eat all the cookies. We we're told that that that's what we're meant to believe because that's what they want us to believe. But in actual fact, when you, when you sit and you, let's just say that you feel that craving come up and you, you're kind of thinking, wow, I really feel like some cookies right now you know, there's some different options that you can take. And the first thing is to actually sort of be aware of, okay, where does this craving come from? How does it feel in my body? Is it like a sharp, not a, not like a painful kind of experience, but just like a really quick, instantaneous, uh, fleeting kind of feeling that's coming up that you just really crave it right now? If it is, tune into why, like where, where is that coming from? Is that because you're feeling bored right now and you feel like you, your brain needs some kind of stimulation? Is it because you find that you're feeling emotional and that you're feeling like you need to, what you think is filling that emotional void with something like cookies because it's going to, it's going to provide you pleasure. And, you know, we have a few different options here. We can either, you know, just eat a cookie, eat it really mindfully, be really present with that experience and move on with life. Or we might tell ourselves, okay, no, I can't have this cookie. You know, I'm trying to be good. I'm trying to be clean. That's going to ruin everything for me. So I won't have the cookie. And then you might decide that you still have that craving maybe half an hour later. So you're going to go and eat something else. So you might go to, could be anything. It could be like a muesli bar. It could be some kind of health cookie. You might go to something different that you think is a better option because it's better. It's more healthier. It's what you should be doing, quote unquote. Yeah. <laughs> so we go to those options and then we find that, okay, we've had that, but then we're not actually really satisfied. We kind of feel like, okay, well, that cookie is still in our mind. It's still taunting us. It's still want it. So then we might go to something else again to try and soothe that craving. Before you know it, you've probably eaten, you know, a hundred different other snacks before you actually just eat the cookie, which you end up doing anyway, because you kind of say, okay, stuff it. I've eaten all this stuff. I just want the cookie. And then usually you end up at that point of time, not eating it very mindfully and likely more binging on it and eating a whole bunch of cookies because for so long there was this restriction there that told you you couldn't have it. And now you've let the floodgates open and have given yourself permission. And because you have all this built up restriction and this deprivation mindset to begin with, now it feels like, okay, now it's just a free from, I'm going to eat all, eat all the cookies inside. But if you just took that moment to actually tune in with yourself, ask yourself, okay, am I really hungry right now? Do I really want this cookie? Uh, the option is I can either maybe leave it for about an hour, see how I feel, tune in with myself. Usually by that time when we have cravings, this is called the one hour trick. I do this with my clients all the time. But if you, it's not denying yourself the cookie. It's not saying you can't have it. It's saying you are totally allowed to have this, but you're going to wait an hour and see if you actually really want it then. If you do have the cookie, enjoy it, eat it mindfully and move on. And if you feel like you want that cookie right now, Again, enjoy it, eat it mindfully and move on. And sometimes, you know, it's easy to say, okay, but then you're choosing the bad option. But really, again, that comes back to looking at your language and thought patterns around the food because a cookie isn't actually bad. There's nothing wrong with it. There's no moral attachment to that cookie. It's that we've just put that on as a label 
And these labels actually make it really hard for us to just pick and choose what we actually feel because we're listening to all this external noise and external rules that we've been told that a cookie is guilt-free, a cookie is loaded with sugar, and that means it's bad and all these things that actually prevent us from tuning in with ourselves and asking ourselves, okay, do I just actually want it or not? And half the time, if we actually do that, we kind of realize, actually, no, I don't really feel like the cookie or maybe you do and that's fine, but maybe it's not the cookie. Maybe I actually feel like I just kind of want to go for a walk. Like I kind of want some extra kind of stimulation. I want to move my body or you know, it's just asking those questions, getting curious with ourselves instead of being judgmental and critical of ourselves from the get-go saying, okay, well, if I did that, you know, there's no way that I could trust myself. I'm just going to eat the whole thing. Because again, that's a red flag to me that, okay, there's work there to do with your relationship with food, body and self. So then you feel like you can trust yourself and you can make those decisions. Does that make sense? Yeah, it takes, it makes total sense. And I think, um, you know, going back to the labeling, the food is bad or Mm. good, or, you know, if we, if we have those moral attachments to food being bad and then we do eat it, we start to transfer those labels over to ourselves so quickly. And then that starts to affect our self-esteem. Exactly. You know, that seems to be one of the root causes of all this in the first place. When we have good self-esteem, we tend to look at ourselves no matter what size we are or, you know, what's happening on the outside and think, I really love that person that's staring back in the mirror and it's like that instant reward that you get um as opposed to having to wait and diet for like you know Mm. however long and um you know to get results to feel that love for yourself you can feel it right away when you start to have good self-esteem Exactly. Exactly. But if you're caught up in the dieting aspect of you feeling like you need to be thin, you need to get to this weight before you can be healthy and be happy, then, you know, you're wasting and sacrificing so much, so many opportunities, so much time where you could just be at peace and and self-accepting with yourself. Exactly right. Exactly. And you may never get there either. Exactly. Look back on photos of yourself looking amazing and still Mm -hmm. know, remember that you were miserable even back then with yourself. Exactly. Really interesting. I love, I love the concept of intuitive eating and everything that you touched on there. And I wanted to add to it, um, just something that came to me as I was, Mm -hmm. as you were speaking, because I work on, um, you know, intuition as, uh, you know, as a modality with people, I teach people to tap into their intuition to, you know, um, bring through guidance for themselves. And one of the cut through statements that, Um, I give my clients to be able to distinguish between what's their ego and what's their intuition when they're talking about circumstance, I think would roll in really perfectly with what you were saying when it comes to food. And that is a cut through statement that is, if I truly loved myself, would I? And I feel like it would work for food because if you had the cookie in front of you and said, if I truly loved myself, would I eat the cookie? And the answer was no, because I know it's going to make me feel yucky, like it's not good for my body, then you wouldn't eat it. Or you might say, yes, you deserve the cookie. (laughs) You know, so maybe cut through statements can really help us in food as well as our intuition. And then the trick with that is to take the first thing that you um, tell yourself after you ask that question as your intuitive response, because all the other things you say after that is fear and ego. Yes, exactly. And I love that. And I think, yeah, remembering that there is no right or wrong answer with it, but is whatever is going to make you feel good. Because I think it's easy if we haven't actually properly ditched the dieting mentality, if we haven't really healed our relationship with food to think and feel like our automatic response is no, I shouldn't have it. When perhaps there is a part of you that is like, well, like I really want it. And it's really, I think it's really hard to sometimes um, distinguish and differentiate that for a lot of people when they are still really stuck in that dining mentality. But I think that's a really good indication because if you can ultimately just be open and curious about that and either way there's no right or wrong but it's just going off what makes you feel good in this moment what is going to give you satisfaction and nourishment and enjoyment and maybe it's a cookie maybe it's not there's no right or wrong but I love that I think that's a really great thing that actually ties in really well to this I think yeah it just it all it all is just your intuition at the end of the day 
I absolutely love that. Um, so in regards to food in general, like uh, the reason why we got you on today is because a lot of people are struggling at the moment with mindset around food because we're obviously being affected by COVID-19 at the moment. We're being asked to self-isolate. And so a lot of people are finding themselves going to and from their fridge constantly from boredom mm -hmm. or they're overeating from a place of stress. So when it comes to food and, and um, dealing with the emotional ramifications of how we're self-medicating essentially through food, how can we put things in place to you know prevent ourselves from doing that what's some little tools mm. that we can love that love that the first thing is definitely there's so many things I could say right <laughs> now but just to make it just to bring it in a kind of a framework that allows you to look at this practically obviously there's still going to be that mindset component for this to really work but the first thing is to really be mindful of your intention and I think that really starts from setting your intentions to set yourself up for success for the day. And if you are coming and waking up, the first thing you do when you put your feet on the floor, you say your gratitude and you think to yourself, okay, how do I want to show up in this world today? How do I want to show up as a leader? What kind of choices and behaviors around my food is going to make me feel good? It's going to make me feel most nourished. Like, what does that look like? What does that feel like to me? And really just become aware right from the get-go. So that way, you know, when it actually comes to interacting or thinking about food, you've already set an intention for yourself. And I think part of that too is also not, again, coming back to trying to break yourself away from that dining mentality. It's also to be aware that you're, you don't want to try and prevent yourself from doing anything. Because as soon as you try to prevent it, there's a part of you that... That wants to do it. That wants to do it, exactly. So that's why... 100%. So that's why I wouldn't say, you know, these, these tips I want to share with you, it's not about preventing you from emotional eating, but what I rather you do, which is going to be most effective in the short term and long term is actually bring more awareness to that eating experience. So you can find out what is going on here for you. So then you can actually get to the root cause instead of it just being some kind of quick fix type yeah. of thing. You know? So that's why I think setting yourself up for the, with the intentions and, you know, there's no right or wrong, but just feeling into yourself, feeling into what you actually want, how do you want to feel, you know, the kind of choices you want to make around your food, and really being also setting the intention of being mindful, like eating mindfully. I think we've forgotten that, you know, we get so busy, particularly as entrepreneurs, we, we get so passionate about what we do that we want to just keep going. We want to keep working and we don't find the time to actually stop and pause to prepare ourselves a really lovely lunch. Or maybe we've done that through meal prepping and to actually sit down, take a few deep breaths in really, really bring some, it's called um, strengthening your specific sensory satiety, which is a bit of a mouthful to say, mouthful to say, but it's around bringing your sensory awareness to the eating experience. And the more that we can do that and be aware of the, uh, the taste, the temperature, the texture, the smell, the sight, the more that we're bringing, it kind of ends up being this experience of quality over quantity. So no matter what kind of food that is, that could be a meal. It could be just, you know, even if you had some chocolate there, doing this experiment with, with chocolate or one of those trigger foods that you feel like you can't trust yourself around is really, it's, it can be really game changing. And it might take a few practices and I work with this with my clients. There's a few things we've got to do around this, but that in itself, just bringing more mindful awareness to the eating experiences can really help you to not only prevent overeating, but just enjoy, enjoy food more, which I think is something that we can all bring to our experiences just so we can feel more free and fun and just flexible without eating. So that would be the second tip. So the first one would be setting your intention to set yourself up for success for the day. The next one would be to uh, bring more mindful awareness to your eating experience. The next thing I'd say was to get curious around your interceptive awareness. So you might understand what this term means, but when I talk about that, it's really about, so for example, 
if you were to listen into your heartbeat and just take that moment to pause, even without your hand on the chest, and if you can feel your heart beating within you, then that is a form of interceptive awareness because you're bringing that awareness back within to the body. And that's exactly what I help my clients to be able to recognize, honor, and listen to when it comes to their eating cues and fullness cues. So there's all these different types of hunger that we have. There's different types of fullness. There's also different levels of that within between. And the more that you can become really aware of this, the easier it is to know what, when, and how much to eat and also overcome things like emotional eating, cravings, binge eating, and all of that, because you are just totally connected with what your body wants, when it wants and how much it wants without the kind of rules around you. So the first thing I'd say, and this is what I tell my clients to do is getting really curious around that. Get get really excited about it. I mean, this is, this is something that we now have time to do because perhaps we don't have the routines that we kind of always stuck to when it came to, okay, we need to eat at breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and this is our breaks for it. So being able to use this time really effectively to tune into how you're actually feeling, how hungry are you? What are you hungry for? Getting curious around those things, again, without any judgment would be the second step I had for this. Then Again, understanding your relationship with food would be the fourth topic uh, that I would talk about. And this looks like, look, talk, uh, going back to what we were saying before, when it comes to like the labeling, for example, that's just one thing. Because when it comes to intuitive eating, we want food neutrality. That is the aim, where food just is on this spectrum of just food. It's, no, it's neither good or bad. It's, it doesn't have any effect on how we feel about ourselves when we eat it. And the quantity doesn't actually matter either when it comes to that morality aspect too. So really getting curious on how your thought patterns and what kind of feelings and judgments are you having towards perhaps a trigger food. So that might be chocolate for you, for example. So being able to ask yourself, okay, like, what do I think about? How am I feeling when I think about allowing myself permission to eat this whole block of chocolate? Does that sound good? Does that, is that really kind of what I'm wanting right now? I mean, yeah, it could taste good, but for how long would that truly satisfy me? Just again, all these questions, there's no right or wrong answers. It all just comes from your intuition. And then when it comes to looking at something a little bit more uh, tactical, it would be to take action on the root cause and get immediate results. So if you are noticing within yourself that you are feeling bored and that there's this boredom eating that you're participating in, then this is, you know, this is a great opportunity right now to like, you know, lack of a better word, fix that by engaging your soul into things that you perhaps have, you know, you haven't been able to do for a long time because you haven't had the time. Maybe it's time to learn a new skill, get, get creative, do something to ignite more of those neurosynapses happening in your brain. So you aren't feeling less bored because yeah, the food is going to help with that, but only very fleetingly, very momentarily. And you're going to just keep going to the food because it gives you that kind of dopamine release, but it's actually not fixing the root cause, which is just the fact that you're bored and you need to be able to look to something a bit more wholesome that's going to truly satisfy you to be able to do that. And the same thing when it comes to maybe emotional eating or anxiety eating, like food is emotional and that's okay. And that's normal because, you know, we wouldn't be here if, you know, we're the first thing that we do when we're born, we, we suckle on our Maybe not the first thing, but we suck on our mother's breast. And you know, that that's an emotional experience for us. That's that's life and that's something that is okay and that we are allowed to feel emotional and eat food for emotional reasons. But the where it becomes a problem is when food becomes our only coping mechanism. And when that's the case, you can't we think that food is actually gonna be this and fill this emotional void when in reality only, you know, what food can only really do is fill a physical void within our stomachs. And yes, it can play a role, but we have to look at expanding our emotional coping toolkit, which again might mean to go call a friend, go for a walk, go for a hot shower, go do some reading, go, you know, sing out loud in the car, do something that's actually going to help you to tap into and recognize what it is that you need right now 
and serve that from a place other than food. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes absolute total sense. I love that. I can totally relate to everything that you're saying. And mm. with with kind of bringing that mindfulness back into your day, is is there a certain sense of having some kind of a routine still put in place that can help us with that as well? Since we're, you know, a lot of us have, you know, some of us are used to working from home, yes. but a lot of us are working from home from the first time or not working at all, having kids around um, and mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, emotional eating response is, as you were saying, it's a quick fix, you know, it's mm-hmm. that, oh, you know, I'm, I'm feeling empty fuel-wise or, you know, uh, something is making me feel unenthused. So the quick fix is to have something exciting in my mouth and that will make me feel comfortable and happy for a moment and then it goes away. So would having a routine in place help to negate that as well? Definitely. And I think, again, it's important to look at where that routine is coming from. Is it, If it's because you feel like you should be, then it's never really going to last and it's never really going to be purposeful and intentional enough. But if it's from coming from a place that you want to, then 100% that's going to be really helpful. And something that if you're somebody that feels like you struggle with gauging your hunger and fullness cues really well, then starting and making sure that you're eating every three to four hours is something that's going to be a form of respect for your body and a form of nourishing your body because that's sort of usually when we need a meal or a snack and we feel like the when we're tapping into ourselves, we recognize these cues of when we're actually feeling hungry, even if it may not be stomach hunger. So eating every three to four hours is something that's recommended. And also looking at what you're actually eating. So I know a lot of people they kind of feel like they kind of, you know, if they don't have the routine, they're stacking throughout the day. They're just sort of going to whatever. But again, being intentional of even when it's stacking, just creating a snack plate and just have a plate and you might have some cut up apple. You might have two squares of chocolate. You might have some biscuits and cheese. You might have just a, you might have some nuts, but having some variety there, because what I see with a lot of my clients too, is that you know, they, they think that they're doing all the things, they've got the mindset and everything right. But then when I have a look at what they're actually eating, not only is there not enough consistency, adequacy or variety there, but it's boring. A lot of the food that they're eating is just because they should and they're not actually getting excited about their food and they're eating, very, they're eating food that's very bland. And a lot of the time that can lead to boredom eating as well because we're not actually getting fulfilled. Our satisfaction factor, which is what it's called, isn't up high enough to sustain us throughout the day. So if we are setting intentions, we are eating every three to four hours, making time for a breakfast, lunch, and dinner for self-care, and then snacks in between if you want to. If we are doing that and being really mindful of what we're actually having on our plates and giving us that permission to take care of ourselves too. I think that we feel like we are the last ones sometimes and we just feel like we're caring for everybody else, particularly if we have a family and we put ourselves last. But if you are nourishing and filling your cup up first by prioritizing these things, then, and you know, prioritizing again, like coming back to that satisfaction with our meals and snacks as well. If you're doing that, you're going to just shine so much more for your family and be able to have more energy and feel less anxious and feel less bored because you're actually taking care of the root causes and giving yourself permission to do that. Yeah. So if if you're talking about eating, you know, every three to four hours and allowing ourselves to have that, you know, constant influx of of food when we want it, what then is your stance on intermittent fasting? Because there's just so much conflicting um, information out there. There is so much conflicting information. And again, anything that tells you what, when and how much to eat is a diet. 
that, that is the definition of a diet. So with intermittent fasting, not only do I find it, and I wouldn't really tell my clients to do it either because it's unnecessary, um, but it is a violation of their body's own internal wisdom because you are imposing rules on yourself, which naturally for most people, if you're a healthy psychological person, will you will naturally want to rebel that because that's not what your body is naturally designed to do. It's not naturally designed to follow these external rules because at the end of the day, we have our own natural self-regulation feeding system we've always had this we all have it too but a lot of the time we've just been you know again told that we can't trust it we told that we need to be following these things when in reality i mean yeah i mean there's nothing going to be wrong with intermittent fasting except for the fact that you're missing out on an opportunity to nourish yourself if you're feeling like you're having those hunger cues come in and it makes it harder throughout the day to make sure you're getting and supplementing with all the nutrients that you need because you're missing out on that meal as well. And ultimately, like I know for me personally, I get hunger cues at breakfast time and I look forward to breakfast. It's, it's a part of my day that I know I can nourish myself with food that makes me feel good and gives me that brain power. So for me it and for my clients most of the time too, which you know is about is what intuitive eating is all about. It's rejecting and really being able to see these diets for what they are and saying that, you know, I'm just going to listen to me and my body because it knows best. And so for some people that might still mean that you don't really eat at around breakfast time because you don't get those hunger cues and that's okay. And you're just doing that because that feels natural to you, but not because there's an imposed rule called intermittent fasting or some label that we need to follow. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. Is there, I've, I've spoken to one person before about intermittent, uh, sorry, not about intermittent fasting, about intuitive eating. Mm-hmm. And they sort of explained to me that there can be a little bit of a cooling off period from going from, you know, that really strict diet mentality um, into going, all right, take off the shackles, just allow yourself to, you know, eat what you want to eat. Um, so is there like a bit of a, she called it, I think it's fat and relaxed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, is there like an intermittent, um, you know, uh, space where you're kind of going from one extreme and you might fall into a space where you might um, eat some of the wrong things, put on a little bit of weight and then it will self-regulate? Is that something we need to watch for? It is. And the best way, so that's why I don't sort of tell my clients to just go ahead, open the floodgates and eat everything straight away. Because a lot of the time it is a very confusing and very overwhelming and kind of scary experience, particularly when they find that they can't control themselves or feel like that. And they feel like they're gaining weight and there's that worry of weight gain. So that's definitely not the um, the most effective approach to go through. So what I teach my clients, it's a four-step process. So the first thing is really looking at ditching the dining mentality and really before you even touching the food, really getting clear on what it means to actually dish that dining mentality and getting really clear on neutralizing that inner food critic to dispel all these myths when it comes to nutrition, to really understand even from uh, that healing your body perspective as well, that there's a not a right way and a wrong way, but there's an intuitive, natural way to do it. And there's the way that's been put on us by the society that we live in. So ditching the dining mentality is definitely the first step. The second is to look at healing your relationship with your body. So a lot of the time that really was going to revolve around body image and being able to understand what I teach my clients is actually understanding the literature and I show them all the literature and the science behind what it actually means to like what, what weight loss is actually doing for us and what the literature is actually saying behind nutrition and our weight and what the actual relationship is in there. Because I think it's all well and good to say, okay, just give yourself permission to eat. But I think when we break it down and we can help people to actually say, you know, this is what the evidence is saying. This is why 95% of diets don't work past like a year or two. Like this is, this is why we're showing them the evidence and, you know, doing it in a really light and heart 
lighthearted and fun way so they can really see like, wow, okay, all this time it really has just been this pressure and this expectation on society. And a lot of it too is their internalized fat phobia, which is something that we need to explore because there's no way you can really become an intuitive eater without becoming more aware of and unlearning and relearning all these things you thought you sort of knew when it comes to nutrition and weight loss and all of that. The third thing, again, is strengthening your interceptive awareness. So coming back to once you've been able to look at the mindset work, you really understand and feel feeling more okay in a place with your body that you feel you can trust it. Then it's actually looking into, okay, how can we actually tune in and tap into these signs and signals of our intuition telling us that this is the right choice for us, this is the wrong choice for us, the different types of hunger we feel, and all of that really revolves around breaking free of the emotional eating, binge eating, restricting, all of that. And then lastly, the very last step of it all is actually when we start looking at giving yourself that permission to eat, because by now you've seen food as neutral. You don't have any kind of fear around weight gain. You understand what nutrition is really all about and how it's going to really serve you best, completely just diet mentality. And only then that's when you can really start experimenting with this in a way that isn't going to make it, you know, you're not going to just you know, blow up like a balloon and feel out of control because you've got the one-on-one guidance, you've got the one-on-one support and coaching and you're doing it in a framework that is really safe and a supportive space where you're not sort of, it doesn't feel like you're going from one extreme to the other because that's not what it's about at all. It's really just coming back to a place of self and being. So really we need some support around that transition. As yeah, well. definitely. Definitely. Cause it's all, it's so easy to say, okay, just eat intuitively. And we're like, yeah. great. That sounds great. That makes so much sense. But when you actually do it, there's like, when you're doing it, there's so many questions and things that come up that are different for everyone, depending on the situations and who's in the family, you know, what's around, what resources and things I have access to. There's so many different things that come up that in order to actually do this right and properly, so it can save you a whole lot of confusion and stress and time and money is just to yeah work with a professional because then you can get it right in a really short amount of time and really just start living and being. So as well as it's all good and well to say, yeah, eat intuitively. And I'd love for people to really start practicing and really getting curious around the things that we've talked about today really being aware that if this is something you want to pursue and you're really sick of dieting, then yeah, having the one-on-one support is what's going to make you and take you from A to B quick and easy. Amazing. Amazing. And it sounds as though we're really looking at sort of shifting that mentality around Mm. food being um, about weight gain and weight loss into, you know, how do I nourish my body? So then we're not, you know, focusing on depriving ourselves of the yumminess but we're actually more focusing on well what foods are actually going to deprive us of full vitality and health so swapping that deprivation over a little bit there and one of my favorite sayings i don't know whether you agree with it but um one of my favorite sayings i've ever heard was chemicals not calories so just looking at things from a perspective of, you know, what's in this food? Is this food really going to nourish me and make me feel good? Because you could make the most amazing, beautiful chocolate cupcake out of, you know, whole grains and cacao and, you know, um, non-refined sugars. And it could be the same calories as, you know, something that's full of MSG and colorings and, you know, a cupcake that, you know, has the same amount of calories, but they're completely different within the body. Is that something that you also look into? Yes. And again, I think that comes, so when it looks at, when we're actually looking at the nutrition side of things, that comes a lot later. With that too, it's again, interesting to be mindful because I think sometimes chemicals have such a a, a bad and negative connotation. Like we're so fearful of chemicals because we don't know, you know, what what this label might, this thing might say on the label and then what it does to our bodies. And it's really easy to, for fear to be taking over that instead of actually just sort of 
looking at that holistic perspective and going, okay, so there's one, like a store-bought muffin and a home-cooked muffin. And the reason when it comes to intuitive eating, the reason that we want to at the end of the day, it's, it, there's, again, no right or wrong choice, but naturally you will start to gravitate to the one that is just more nourishing and feels better to you because it feels good. Not because of the kind of chemicals, not because of the calories, but it's something that you just intuitively know. So again, when it comes to intuitive eating, the first parts, I, I, what I would encourage my clients is, is to actually to let go, to let go of these extra kinds of external things that we feel are helping us because by doing that, we actually, again, strip it all down, come back to the the internal. And then that way, once we've done that, then it can make more sense to bring back these things from a place of not fear, not judgment, but just holistic understanding. Does that make sense? Yeah. So although I totally get what you're saying, I think that that's something that I would explore later with my clients and also make sure that there's no judgment and fear around the term chemicals and what that kind of means. It could just be a bit of a dangerous area to, to start to navigate into. I, I, I see you kind of not wanting to go down that track with anyone too soon because then they might just start to swap over into yet another diet mentality. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. And that, that's, that is it. It's really being careful because again, like these things, they sound, they sound healthy and they sound great. But it's really being mindful of, okay, like what mentality are we bringing this in? We don't want this to become more rules and restrictions and more fear of, you know, these different things. I love that you get that because, yeah, it's a really important distinction to make. Yeah, it's really, really interesting. And I I love this concept so much because it does genuinely feel like, um, you know, as a woman, as I said, I've, I've had lots of those issues myself through yeah. my life. It just feels like a nice breath of fresh air to go, it oh, is. I don't have to worry about any of that stuff exactly. anymore. It's beautiful. So I love that you're doing this work and that you're helping women to to get through or over these the, these obstacles that we have created for ourselves and society has, has assisted in creating for us and allowing us to return back to ourselves and back to our truth how can people find you if they're wanting to work with you if they're if they're needing that support to get through the first stages of breaking these old habits and forming new ones 100 so everything i do is through social media so the best way to get in contact with me is either instagram or facebook so on facebook i am jasmine moore so i'm sure uh emily will probably put those details in the link. Yeah, I'll, I'll pop it under the link in the podcast on Spotify and Apple iTunes, but also um, I will tag you in the post when Beautiful. we um, release it as well. Yep. So they're the best places to reach me and you can definitely follow along with all the posts and everything that I'm doing there. And if you do have any questions, I really encourage people to reach out because this is something that can, like I said, it can seem very scary and overwhelming, overwhelming and confusing, particularly when, you know, you felt like there's so much safety and control when it comes to diet. So letting that go for a lot of people is very overwhelming. So I just want you to remember that, yeah, reach out anytime. I absolutely love conversing with women about this topic and getting them to realize that, yeah, it, there is another way and <laughs> there doesn't have yeah. to be the diets and restrictions. So yeah, I'm definitely all here for it. And if you're interested in working one-on-one, let me know. I can let you know what my services are and I'm really happy to support you. Incredible. What a lovely breath of, of freedom in this time of very little freedom. Mm, that's it. That's <laughs> At it. least we can eat whatever we need to eat. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And get curious. That's it. There's no, there's no restrictions. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Jasmine. I look forward to touching base with you in the future around this topic. And I hope that you have a fantastic week. Thank you so much, Emily. Again, thank you so much for having me here and this opportunity to share my message. I really appreciate it. It's been our pleasure.